and welcome back to another episode of the Business is Pleasure podcast with your host with the most, Jonel George Francis. I'm the co-owner of the Clarendon Trading Company, also with my business partner slash wifey slash lover slash accountant slash logistics expert. You're like everything mixed up into one, babe. Colette Monique Leibard. And if you guys don't know, we'll give you a quick synopsis of what is business's pleasure. So this is where we take the time to review our week, um, things that went well, things that didn't went that didn't work so well with our business. And it's just some time to like have a little recap with one another, you know. And of course, we try to like give you guys some information on how to help you with your vintage reselling company or your reselling company as a whole. But the best way we start off every show is how was your week? Well, it was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a pretty busy weekend. Uh, we had two events back to back. Back to back. What up, Drake? Drizzy? Okay. Um, so we had two events back to back. So we had Sneak Peek in Montreal, mm-hmm. which was a great event. And then we had... What Sneak Peek exactly? Like, take your time, babe. Let's, let's go into this. Like, explain to the people, you know. They've never heard Sneak Peek. I'm, I'm sure they haven't. The three Sorry. people that I have heard this probably haven't heard since before. Sorry, I was rushing because I was hungry, but mm-hmm. I'm so hungry. But yeah. Yeah. Either way, we still have half an hour, so you know, just make the best of it. Yeah, so uh, Sneak Peek is kind of like a sneaker streetwear event, mainly sneakers. Um, it's pretty cool. It's run by this guy out of Montreal. He's really, um, he seems really hardworking and driven. driven. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely like driven. He's, you know, doing a lot of good stuff for his own, like, marketing and his own brand. So, hope he continues on and continues doing what he's doing. So, yeah, we did that event in Montreal. Um, it was a really good event. It was a really good turnout. We sold a lot, so that was, that was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, uh, so that was on Saturday. And then, so we drove down. Uh, early in the morning on Saturday mm-hmm. to get to the event for like 11. Mm-hmm. It was like five hours so, away. Yeah, so let me give you guys an idea what we had to do. So on Friday night, our first thing that we always try to do is like curate the items that we bring to the event specifically for that event. So this mm-hmm. event is like a lot of hypebeast, a lot of streetwear. So a lot of our items really represent that as well, you know? So we had a bunch of pieces of bake, a bunch of pieces of off-white, and really exclusive pieces of vintage clothing that that community really gravitates to and everything, you know? Um, so we finished that around maybe like 8, 9 o'clock, and then we literally had to be in bed by like 11 o'clock the latest. But us, we were in bed by like 11.30, closer to 12. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up um, waking up at like what, around like 4.30, 5 o'clock, yeah. just getting everything together, and then we were in Montreal by around 9.30, 10 o'clock. And yeah, they got ready for the yeah, event. Almost 11, 10.30 actually. Yeah, 10, yeah, yeah, around 10.30, you know? So yeah. just just about four and a half hours of driving and everything. And then what, what we actually had to do was we didn't really get time to like enjoy Montreal. And sometimes that, that's what like bothers me because we don't really get time to like relax and enjoy the city. It's as if like we're in and we're out, you know? So literally as soon as the event was done, filled the car up with gas and off back to Toronto. Mm-hmm. And then when we came back to Toronto, we had to curate for another event because this demographic is like completely different. Yeah. So like we stayed away from bringing off white, stayed yeah. away from bringing things like vape. So on Sunday we did the Trinity Bellwoods Flea, which is a great kind of like craft market. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really our demographic though. Yeah, it wasn't really our demographic. No. We kind of noticed that about halfway through the day. It was a lot of like moms. Mm-hmm 
because all the babies, all day, babies and dogs. Yeah, 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 And like for me, like once I see a lot of babies and dogs, I know we're kind of at the wrong event. Yeah. But like it was a good event. It had a really big turnout, mm-hmm. but just like. Not I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say really big. I, th- I think it was a good turnout yeah. for that demographic. It was a decent turnout, mm-hmm. but like at the end of the day, the people that did come through the door that were our demographic, they bought because I don't care what anyone says, we have the best stuff. Always, of course. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, just overall, it wasn't as much of our demographic as we would have liked to see. But mm-hmm. it was a really well-organized event. Like, it's good overall. Yeah, for sure. And I think, like, that's one thing what you were saying before was that, like, we have to, like, test these markets. Mm-hmm. And, like, we... So the same people that organized this show, if you guys take a look back at our previous podcast, we talked about the Etsy Toronto market. Mm-hmm. And that demographic was really similar just because the same people that organizes it, she actually has the same... Um, she has the same demographic that she deals with, you know? Yeah. So we kind of... We should have took that as, like, a little hint. Yeah. Is that, like... The artisan market works well for her demographic, but in terms of like, the vintage clothing, the hype piece, the streetwear, maybe we should like try to stay away from that a bit. Yeah, you know what I yeah. Mean? And a lot of the times too, like at those events, if they are looking for vintage, it's like people, it's like people who wear like specifically women's clothing. So we do a lot of vintage that like, if you're a guy, you can wear it. If you're a girl, you can wear it. Whereas like people will just like point blank look at our stuff and be like, oh, I can't wear any of that. Mm-hmm. Like. There's no like whimsical dresses or like, oh my gosh, yeah, you know, exactly like or like kimonos or stuff yeah. like that. Like I can't wear that, you know. So they just kind of like walk past it. Mm-hmm. Whereas like at other events that are more like kind of like a younger demographic, they see the stuff that they can wear. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like men and women. So like, it's just a little bit different. And also we learned something like really um, important, kind of like what you were speaking to, mm-hmm. is that like we can't. So basically, we heard of Trinity Bellwoods, and we're like, oh, we've heard of this event yeah, before. So we, like, signed up for, like, two of them. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right off the bat. Whereas, like, we should have really realistically tested the first one, see how it went, and then if it was a good event, done the second one. It's kind of like a hard line to kind of, like, mm-hmm. balance between, though, because you want to get into the event and not miss out on something, but at the same time, you don't want to book too far in advance and then realize that it's not really your demographic. Yeah, because I think one thing we're really hoping on as well, because we still have to go to the Christmas one, I think it is, because we're skipping the October one, is that with the Christmas one, hopefully there will be like a larger volume of people, simply because of the fact, at that point, a lot of people are going to be looking for gifts. Christmas, Exactly, so hopefully like, our demographic will come out or if not necessarily our demographic the parents the cousins the friends yeah. of our demographic they'll be there so hopefully they'll be able to like purchase a couple things yeah. but i think when we're, we're when we're in positions like that we still made the best out of it because like we're always engaging we didn't suck the whole time we're like oh crap like fuck this like this sucks you know what i mean like yeah. we still try to engage with our clients engage with people who did come by and also like just inve- engage with the other vendors yeah and i think that we did an excellent job of doing that as well we did. Well, we met this lady. Um, she started her vintage thing like a year and a half ago. Lexi Luxury, mm-hmm. amazing personality, extremely good picker in terms of like her demographic and her style. Yeah. So I think that's one of the rewarding aspects of it. If the event didn't necessarily work for us monetarily, in terms of like getting leads, meeting people, creating yeah. like adding people like to our Rolodex that we could always yeah. call upon, I think that was the positive aspect of it. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Despite whatever yeah. happens, you know. And at the end of the day, it's better to be out there doing something 
regardless of if you're having a huge like return on your investment or not as opposed to just like sitting at home do you know what i mean even though like you never really sit at home but yeah. like <laughs> yeah yeah most but, like, definitely. you know what i mean right? yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and it's like like we got we're able to like create content able to talk to people like you know and i think the good part about um us doing the events is because i'm sure you guys already know we have a three care system we have the apps we sell quote we sell in clothing stores and we also do events it's like we were still able to like meet up and drop off products to people after the event yeah. simply because of our apps so it was still a fruitful day yeah. we we're posting online still creating content and everything and like even with all this being said like we still made a profit like yeah, it wasn't yeah. like it was a completely, you know, mm-hmm. non-profitable event for us, but it was just like not the numbers that we're used to seeing, yeah, yeah. which is fine. Like you said, we'll know for next time. Mm-hmm. And we'll know for, not even that event, because obviously, like I said, it's a great event for that demographic, mm-hmm. but that type of a demographic isn't necessarily our market. And like, like we were talking about before in our previous podcast, it's all about figuring out what your market is, but the only way to really do that, or one of the biggest ways that you can do that is trial and error, right? Mm-hmm. So like, we tried out this event, we tried out a couple just to see, and we figured like, okay, this demographic isn't for us. We're gonna try the Christmas market to see if just the sheer volume is gonna mm-hmm. make a difference, but if it doesn't, we know going forward that like yeah. you can't do these types of events. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing too is that like, we hope that maybe like, that market would change and cave towards us. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's not really up to us, right? It's or up like, to the- or like maybe too, sorry to interrupt yeah. you. Maybe we need to cater to that market a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, yeah. And like that's what we have mm-hmm. stuff coming in the future. That's a really good way to put it too, eh? Yeah. Sometimes like we can't just like look at them like, oh, it's all their fault. No, like, it's you know, not. That's like, really good maybe we should be able, we should start like catering to that market a little bit more. And I think like some of the things that we're implementing to do in the future, it kind of does speak to that. that. Like it, it, it intertwines with that. Even like that we've started getting like shoulder bags and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Like that kind of speaks to it too. So like I think like overall like we learned something from this market and we learned something from the experience to kind of like take a little bit of that going forward and like maybe we do curate for that like different types of events but maybe we need to curate a little bit more yeah yeah most definitely most definitely which is always really good you know what i mean and i think i think another thing what what's crazy is about like understanding communities and understanding demographics and guys we've been getting so much hate over the last Mm -hmm. week or so it's crazy. It's crazy. Me and Colette had a conversation, and we knew that some of the content that we do put out would have the potential would have the potential to maybe like bother some people or maybe rustle some feathers, but not to this extent. Um, with you guys, you know that like one of our major things is giving value and giving information that's helpful, even if it's detrimental to our business. Because for me, I value the community more than the money. Because at the end of the day, if you can build the community, if there's more people in the community, there's a potential for there to be an influx of money, which hopefully will come back to us one way or another. But, but before all that, we have to worry about bringing people value. And that's what's most important. You know what I mean? And so um, me and Colette actually ended up making a IGTV post. Make sure you all check it out. It's called um, Hidden Gems Episode 1, and we essentially tell people the steps they should take into finding rag houses, textile stores, clothing exporters, and how they can find the best pieces of vintage for the cheapest price. And mind you, I'll just do a little disclaimer here. <laughs> mind you, all this information is available online. That's how we found it, essentially. Yeah. yeah, all this information is available online, and no one's ever given it to us. We've never asked anyone for any piece of information. 
We've never taken information from everyone. It's always been accessible online. And one of our major things, what I always wanted to do was more so democratize the idea of the sensitive information within the vintage community. Because when we initially started, that's what we noticed was like, no one wanted to help you. No one wanted to give you ideas. No one wanted to assist you in anything, which is fine. At the end of the day, it's business. So like, we took that with a grain of salt. We're like, we gotta figure this out for ourselves. But I think with us, what we started, what we always wanted to do was like, how can we help the next person so it's a bit easier for them? Not give them the fish, but give them the tools so they can learn how to fish. You know, so we went through the process of telling people like, hey, to find these places, go to Google, type in clothing exporters, type your city. Um, we released the video on Wednesday, nothing happened. Released it on Thursday, um, Thursday goes by, nothing happens. Then Friday morning, um, one of these vintage companies that does not even follow us guys, they're like a big head in Toronto. So you know I felt kind of greasy still, like, you know? So they messaged us and they're like, hey, can you give me a call? I was like, oh crap, like, maybe. Honestly, I was so naive at first. At first I was like, oh crap, like, maybe they want some information on like, how to like help with their content and like, you know, put more information out or things like that. So they give me a call and it's like nothing good. They're upset about the video. They want the video taken down and they think we're foolish for trying to bring value to our clientele. So I tell the guy, don't tell me I don't my business. He ends up hanging up on me, whatever. And this next guy ends up calling us and he's, his tone was like really moderate at first. He was like trying to be understanding. And then he turns into this monster um, calling us Homo, um, homophobic phrases, getting upset. And you guys have to understand, like these are people that have been in the business for 20 plus years. So I could totally understand their disdain and also their position because it's like, it's almost as if we're taking money out or food out of their plate. But the way that, I, that we want to set up our business is that we're willing to lose a little so the community can gain more. But I think also like that's how they view it. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that's what we're doing at all. Because at the end of the day, like, there's no malicious intent in this. We're not saying like, hey, like, don't buy yourself from this company. Don't buy yourself from that company. And a lot of the times, like, the people that are watching our IGTV, and mind you, we have like three thousand followers. Like, no one's really watching it. Like, we're, we're not popping. <laughs> yeah, like, we're not popping. And the guys that are uh, that were hitting us up, they have like twenty four thousand followers. Yeah. Fifteen thousand followers. Like, no ten thousand followers. No one's really watching it. But back to what I was saying. Like, we're not. We're not, there was no like malicious intent with it. We're not trying to say like, hey, don't buy yourself from this person, shop here instead. At the end of the day, we're speaking to people who are interested in getting into the reselling community as well, whether it be as like a business, like what we're doing, or even if it's just like recreational on the side. At the end of the day, these uh, warehouses and these wholesalers, you can't go to them as like, a regular shopper like you can't be like hey like I need an outfit for this weekend I'm gonna get two pieces I'm gonna get two uh -huh. pieces like it doesn't really work like that like you literally have to be either registered as the business or at least at a minimum be purchasing in bulk mm -hmm. you need to call them you need to make a like a yeah you need to build a relationship you need to kind of like make a, a reservation to kind of like be like yeah I'm coming at this time mm -hmm. this is when you can expect me it's not just like knock on the door it's not like an open door policy no it's coming you won't come in no it's not like that so a lot of these people that were contacting us, like they're, you know, retailers just like us. So it's like, you know, your average customer, they're not going to go online and Google a warehouse and figure out where they can buy clothing from. If I'm like, you know, Sally trying to find a cool vintage outfit to go out for the weekend, I'm not going to go picking for eight hours to find it. Yeah, F, F, F unlucky. Like, you, you know, know what I mean? Like, find something that you want. Like, that's not going to happen. So 
at, at the end of the day, overall, I think I can understand where they were coming from because they didn't necessarily understand what maybe the basis for it was, or maybe they thought that there was this like malicious intent with it. But there was no malicious intent, and at the end of the day, it's not going to affect your customer base. And overall, we don't have that. And, and, and to be honest with you, if it does affect your customer base, you should take that as a form of insight to be like, oh crap, well, this has the potential to hurt our business. What can we do to ensure this does get fixed? Yeah. Because I think what their mindset was was like really antiquated. Their yeah. business ran well, so good for all these years because it ran on secrecy, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But for you to think that someone like us is not gonna try and push that information out to other people so more people can now be involved in the community, so more money can be involved in the community, so now more information can be shared around the community, you're kind of really holding yourself back as a business because you're not preparing yourself for those things. You know? And you're not preparing yourself for the future because at the end of the day, like we found out this information in seconds. It's, like, it's going to be crazy because one day you're going to be like, Alexa, where can I find clothes cheaper than Valley Village? Like we found out this information by just going online and Googling it. So it's like this information is out there. So like your system of secrecy or whatever, like it's not going to work. It, and it clearly isn't working because we found it out in two seconds. Mm -hmm. So it's just... It's just, I don't know, it's like, it's like kind of like beating a dead horse. Like you're getting upset over an issue that's already been out there. Like you're getting upset over something, information that we're not creating. We're not saying like, go to this address at, you know what I mean? Call this number. We didn't give anything like that. It was just like, hey, go online, search for warehouses, and then you'll find all the information. Yeah, 100%. But I don't know, I also find it kind of comical because it's like, we're almost becoming like blacklisted within Toronto. And I think it's like the coolest thing, you know what I mean? Like yeah. these guys are forcing this conversation around us and it's like letting us know that we're doing something right for our community so it like it's almost like really rewarding to see them like be so worried to get so anxious and just to like have this great disdain um this great disdain against us because like they know how valuable the information is for the community and i think that's what the, that's why i'm really happy about experiencing this is because like i want the community to always be getting value from us and if they're not getting value from us, we're not doing our job. If we're not pissing someone off, if someone is not feeling threatened, then maybe the information that we're, we're giving isn't the best. I'm not going to say that every time we're going to do something to like bother someone and someone gets mad, but, but, for the, but for them to like react this way, we know that it is valuable information and our clientele definitely are going to appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Like, but overall, I feel like I personally like it's kind of been blown out of proportion, but you always say like you kind of got to make some enemies along the way. So. Yeah, man. Like without enemies, you'll never have success. And at the end of the day, like they're not our enemies. Like they're creating their own enemies. Like yeah, like like, it's like, like I, I still want to say hi to you guys. Like 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 <laughs> I don't know. I think it's cool. Like it, this is business. Like this is a sport. This is competition. Like yeah. like at the end of the day, like this is going to happen to us. There's gonna be someone that's like doing it better. Yeah, doing it better than us. Then they realize like, hey, like this is how we can get some market share this is how we can get some relevancy within the community this is how we can give back yeah. and you know what and for us to react like the way they are we are we're already on a downwards path because we were not prepared for that yeah and like you know and, and if anything they should be thanking us you know we're doing them a favor we're letting them know that like yo like we need to change something yeah we need like to if, change something. if your whole business model is like predicated on people not knowing about where you get your clothing from that's kind of uh, like an unstable business model at the end of the day because this information is available online. Yeah, so yeah. It's not going to last for that long. Mm -hmm. Like overall, it's not going to last for that long. So yeah. you got to figure out something else.
but that's just what I No, no, most definitely, most definitely. And it was kind of crazy too because like this literally came in with it. This literally happened with me working on the business full time only one week. Yeah. Only one week, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I think it's a nice milestone because like of course you know already that like the transition from like a full time job into this mm-hmm. was something that you and I have been talking for months, maybe even like a year. And for this finally to happen, for us to do the business full time, it's rewarding because like our sales have been improved because the amount of effort we're putting into the business now. Um, we're posting a lot more, we're creating a lot more content. Yeah, it's really, sorry to interrupt you, (laughs) I just feel like I need to before I forget. It's really interesting to kind of see the um, change in, like our sales have gone up fairly, I wouldn't say drastically, but our sales have gone up a noticeable amount in the time that you've been doing this full time, and it's simply based off the fact that we've been posting more, we've been... Um, creating more content, creating more content, creating like advertising. Advertising. If you guys not remember our marketing plan from like ten episodes ago that we did not want to start, we were so unsure about. Yeah. Now it's just that like with the time being there, it's like why not? Let's do it. Like yeah, and like cares? creating like a variety of different ways to like engage with our community, mm-hmm. and I think it's it's really nice and it's exciting and it's a nice thing to know that your added investment actually pays off. You know, mm-hmm. and it pays off like instantly, just like that. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think we would only have been able to know that our system works by testing the system, and that's what we've been doing for the last three years. We tested the system on a small scale by doing it only an hour and a half a day, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But now we've ramped the system up and we've, we're doing it like six hour days. Mm-hmm. Why would that not result in better no. results? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think that's really, really good. And like the best part about it too is that like there are so many areas that we have to improve on, you know what I mean? The business is far from perfect, far yeah. from running as, as efficiently as it can. Yeah. So I think it's nice to know that like, yeah, we're here now, but where can we go next, you know? Yeah. Like just everything that we're doing with the social media, like a year ago, we weren't doing any of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? We had like, we're on like one app <laughs> and like we would post on Facebook like once, or like Instagram like once a week. Like, like, like you know what I mean? Yeah. And now like we've literally doubled down on everything guys. Like we're literally posting on Instagram highlights 10 to 15 times a day. Mm-hmm. We're posting on our story once, a, not our story, our timeline actually once a day. Mm-hmm. Then we're also doing promotions on bringing people to our podcast while bringing people to our website. Then we're doing influencer marketing as well. We're sending products to influencers that are helping us out by bringing us new clientele to bring value to them. Yeah. And like, you know, and then we're actually trying to expand the business into like a woman's line now. I think it's nice that like, We've set such a good foundation that has enabled us to come to this point, you know? And also, we would have never been able to do this without actually trying. Yeah. Without actually trying. And I think that's the thing that was kind of crippling us in the beginning is that we were so afraid to try because we were striving towards perfection. Yeah. Like, we were, we were expecting to have this, like, whole encompassing, you know, marketing plan that had, like, all these different aspects and that was so well, well-rounded and thought out and perfect that instead of just doing it, we spent so much time planning it, we didn't know how to plan it. Whereas like now we're kind of like learning on the fly and we're planning on the fly and we're just doing it, testing it out, seeing what works, and then we'll incorporate that into some sort of system at some point. Mm-hmm. But I think we do have a pretty good system right now. It's obviously not like set in stone. There's still areas for some like change and variability, but I think like that's kind of what how it has to be because like 
think about it, even like in reference to like the Facebook or Instagram algorithms, they change so frequently. Yeah. So it's like there's no point in having something set in stone when in like a month or a couple of weeks the algorithm may change and that, that's not favorable anymore. I know, I think it's kind of crazy because like you're inadvertently talking about adaptability. Yeah. And I think like that's one of the most important parts for any for every business, whether it's your marketing strategy, your sales strategy, logistics strategy. If you're not able to be adaptable to the environment that you're currently in, you're gonna sink. Yeah. You know. And I think for us, we were so focused on like the idea of perfection, but we didn't understand to become perfect. You kind of have to be imperfect. Yeah, and like realistically, like our demographic and our base, they don't require perfection. No, no. They don't ask for perfection. No. They've never once been like oh, like, you posted this, and, like, I saw this in the background, that's kind of weird. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they've never, no one's ever, ever asked for perfection, so I don't know why we ever expected to, like, the need to have to deliver the perfection. You know what I think it was? I think it was, like, our own prejudices. And our own, I think it was partially our own insecurities, and also, like, we come from a generation of, like, Oh, like, it has to be did, 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 yeah, did. Like, oh, from the jump if not everything's going to be a failure exactly mm-hmm. like we come from that generation where like we need to have everything planned out before you do anything whereas like this generation and like the generation of our demographic like they don't care they just do whatever they want and like if they like the cool if they don't like the cool like yeah, it's not the end of the world move on. You know? and I think that's what our major issue was we weren't respecting our clientele yeah. we were more so worried on what we wanted we weren't yeah. looking at them and being like hey like if you guys like playing baseball why are we going to bring you to a basketball game yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's focus on what you really want and what's important to you. Of course, I think there are some things that need to be, obviously, like, Improved aesthetically upon. appealing. Yeah, and of, like, course, of course. And, like, just, course. like, there are little things that I want to tweak in, like, in reference to our branding and stuff in reference to that. But at the end of the day, I think we've gotten a lot better at not letting our perfection hold us back or our need for perfection hold us back. Because at the end of the day, we're never going to be perfect. Yeah. Especially with the eye that we have, like, I remember back like when we first started taking our own pictures like I'd be like John you can't post this because it's not perfect and you'd be like it doesn't matter and I it was so hard for me to understand that but now I do and I'm happy that we we went through that stage of imperfection mm-hmm. because it allowed us to get to a better point now yeah and I think we're at the point in, in our business relationship as well where we're where if we see something not working we're not gonna remain static and just allow it to continue going that way we're gonna be like okay Let's change this now, right away, because clearly our demographic doesn't like it. Yeah. And that's what trial and error essentially is, you know what I mean? You try it out, it's not working, change it. You try it out, it is working, keep that shit going. Mm-hmm. And and keep it going, keep it going, keep it going, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, but unfortunately, we can't keep this podcast going, guys, <laughs> because we've come to the end. Um, I want to say um, big shout out to all you angry vintage companies out there. Guys, <laughs> it's all love, man. Like. It, like, yo, it's only business. It's either you do or you don't. And we'll be, you guys will be fine. Like, you guys have been running your businesses for years. You guys have good fucking business models. Like, shut up. You'll be fine. And then, um, thank you guys so much for watching another episode. Please like and share so we know that you care. If you guys have any questions, hit us up in the DMs. Um, shoot us messages on our Facebook, Instagram, or through our website. And until then, peace. Bye.